The people responsible for the defense supplement to the federal acquisition regulation known as the DFAR just issued a number of final and proposed rules. Together, they add up to something lots of people need to pay attention to. Joining me with highlights, Jeffrey Shiau, an attorney with Rogers Joseph O'Donnell. Mr. Shiau, good to have you on. It's great to be on, Tom. Review for us what's going on here. It seemed like a lot of things dropped out of the DFAR Council. Let's talk about the finalized rules first. Sure. There's a, there's a whole list of them, and you can find them at uh, at uh, DOD's acquisition.osd.mil website. DPAP, uh, you know, reports everything there. Uh, the final rules include uh, modifying the DFARs for utilization of Indian organizations. That's uh, one. But the, the second one, which is got lots of uh, impact, I guess, uh, overall, is repeal of certain defense acquisition laws. Um, there's a, another one that re- reveals uh, consent to subcontract. That's uh, another one that's out there. And then a an important one that I think kind of grows out of maybe the Jedi protest, actually, is a pro- repeal of congressional notification for certain task and delivery order contracts. And then there's a, a repeal of a DFARS clause on oral attestation. Those are all the the uh, on April 1st uh, out came all of those final rules. Okay, let's talk about the one repealing certain DOD acquisition laws. I guess that's responding to something Congress did. What's the change? The change there really is part of this uh, overall initiative, um, certainly embraced by the Trump administration, to get rid of uh, the underbrush. And so, uh, while I said it it might have uh, an important impact, it's really in that you you can sort of ignore all of these defense acquisition laws that no longer apply. Uh, as the as the announcement says, there were 60 obsolete defense acquisition laws, uh, only one of which was implemented in DFARS. So it's a very small change to DFARS, but it but it clears a lot, a lot of the underbrush, which was part of the discussion I know on the Section 809 panel. How do we, you know, essentially reduce risk? And one way for contractors kind of uh, you know make it easier to do the the work of federal government contracting. And one of the ways to do that is to get rid of all these things that are on the books but actually don't apply. Anything of note that was on the books that might have come up to bite people that's now gone out of these 60, which probably date back 60 years? Well, again, because only one of them was ever implemented in the DFARS, uh, they really shouldn't have had uh, any great impact. And I can't think of one that that actually mattered. I guess part of, again, what it is, is when somebody sends a contract to me to review, uh, if 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 it's been if there are references in the contract or something to these outdated laws or uh, or a case references an outdated law, then it just again it just gums up the whole works. All right, and then you mentioned a rule on consent to subcontract. What is the new rule, and what do people need to do about it? It simplifies uh, for contractors uh, their obligation to get consent to subcontract. Uh, and so, uh, specifically, Section 893 that comes out of the 2019 NDAA required contracting officers to have written approval from the program manager prior to withholding consent to subcontract. So, you know, contracting officer um, should not be withholding the consent to subcontract. And that sounds like a pretty good turnaround since that was in the 2019 NDAA and DOD has been working off the backlog of Section 800 provisions in NDAAs going back several years that they haven't gotten them all implemented yet. That's right. You know, one of the things that I've come to realize over the last decade or so of doing this is that uh, the only thing 
that's constant is change in government contracting. And, and sometimes the tail of implementing uh, a regulation that's called for in statute um, doesn't happen until four, five, six years down the road. So, yes, you're right. This is very quick. We're speaking with Jeffrey Shio, an attorney with Rogers Joseph O'Donnell in Washington. And you mentioned something coming out of the protest of by Oracle of the Jedi contract, which I guess just uh, last week was sort of settled, or at least parts of it were settled. And there was no conflict of interest found by whoever did the investigation for the DOD. What is that rule and what does it mean? The rule that's related, and, and this won't have any impact uh, on the uh, on that contract, which is kind of go- going forward. But what uh, what the folks realized when they were doing the rules was that this obligation for uh, under far, under far actually it was an obligation under DFARS to go and notify Congress anytime you wanted to issue a single source award over 120 112 million dollars for an IDIQ contract. Congress needed to be notified. Um, but that accident, that was sort of accidentally put in the DFARS because um, that rule, the requirement to go tell Congress, comes out of Title 41, which only applies to civilian acquisitions. And this is so this is sort of clearing out that requirement, which was kind of central to that, that issue of a single award uh, under one of these massive IDIQ um, GWACs or uh, IDIQ contracts is kind of the principal issue uh, at the center of the JEDI case. Okay. And uh, of course, that could be protested even again, I guess, once it's awarded, which they're not anywhere close to doing. So that one is quite not quite dead yet. And you mentioned something with respect to doing business with Indian tribes and tribal companies. Right. There's a clause that needs to be uh, included in solicitation contracts exceeding uh, a half million dollars. Um, and it encourages contractors to give Indian organizations, Indian-owned economic enterprises, and Native Hawaiian small business concerns the maximum practicable opportunity to participate in subcontracts. So we've seen for a long time uh, this preference to use these sorts of companies um, in contracting, and this kind of expressly seeks to have prime contractors look for opportunities to issue subcontracts to those same entities. And I'm interested in this repeal of the DFARS clause, oral attestation of security responsibilities. That is a rule that basically says your word is okay for, I guess, ensuring to the government that classified data will remain secret if it goes to a contractor. What happens under this change? Again, this is part of that clearing out the underbrush. I mean, there's tons of requirements in the NISPOM. Uh, and 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 that sort of governs anyone who has access to classified material. And DOD made the, uh, I think, probably logical decision here that getting a separate oral attestation from people that they were going to protect uh, classified information was sort of irrelevant and unnecessary under the circumstances. Yeah, this list really goes on and on. Uh, exemption from design build selection procedures, anti-terrorism training requirements for contractors, use of commercial or non-government standards, anything in there that people need to pay attention to other than the ones we've mentioned. I think the anti-terrorism training requirements for contractors is uh, is interesting uh, in that it's it sort of goes against this trend of getting rid of regulations. This is a new regulation, new requirement for contractors to do something uh, complete, and specifically that's to complete level one DOD anti-terrorism awareness training. And it's just, I guess, a, a response to the to the circumstances that we're living in these days. And looking at what the background on that is, it sounds like something that they devised 
quite a number of years ago that never really got implemented. I think that's right. Yeah, like 2000, even before 2001. Extension of Supply Chain Risk Management Authority. That sounds important also. Yeah. So uh, you'll see that this is just part of a bigger picture, that supply chain security is very important uh, and it's a growing issue. And so the specifics of it um, involve uh, essentially choosing to use the few names that have become kind of common, Huawei, ZTE, et cetera, uh, if and when an agency uh, is going to be using uh, those uh, those provisions uh, or, or using those companies, there are special requirements that apply. So bottom line, people should call up this link and we'll have a link to it at federalnewsnetwork.com and just peruse it to make sure there's nothing that might bite you. Right. Uh, just spend a little bit of time with it. And, and as, as questions arise, there's plenty of great resources on the Internet. I mean, you can Google pretty much any of these and, and any of the law firms, uh, ours and our competitors have have uh, have written, you know, short, short summaries of these that I think are helpful. Jeffrey Shiau is an attorney with Rogers Joseph O'Donnell. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. We'll post a link to the DFAR changes and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive when you want and where you want. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Celebrate this holiday season by sending money to your loved ones with Western Union. As a new customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee when you send money online. For fast and reliable money transfers, use Western Union. Visit westernunion.com or download our app today to get started and your first transfer fee is on us. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983 or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985. FX Gain Supply.